0: to the world with G right here on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 mobile app. You could have been anywhere on the airwaves, but you're with me and I appreciate that. Stop till What's up? Hour number two, man. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. We're breezing through this three-hour afternoon drive show right here on Acadiana's Best Sports Leader for Acadiana's Best Sports Fans. Greg Larnard here, you there. Don't forget, you can follow me up on Twitter and Instagram at G underscore espn 4 1520 we've got three more guests to get to in the next two hours so let's not waste any time and now i I wanted to do this segment i'm going to try to do this every single friday whether it's with the New Orleans Saints whether it's with the LSU Tigers when they start playing or with the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns I want to go behind enemy lines and get a look at the opponent that week for one of these teams and of course we have the Cajuns and we have the 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 Saints playing but I wanted to go I really was curious about going behind enemy lines and talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks or as I like to call them the Tampa Bay Bucks at this point uh, Because I think there's um I think that there, there's been a lot of moving pieces from from last season to this season. And uh, I wanted to uh see where they're at getting into week number one. So without further ado, we go to the phone lines now. And joining us is the deputy editor for Bucks Nation and the co-host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko is joining us now on The Word with G. James, thanks so much for uh, joining us. What's up, man?
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Just yeah, excited to get NFL football started for uh, for the Buccaneers. It was a yeah, it was nice to have football back last night, but not you know, not the best of games as Thursdays tend to be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But look, like you like we talked about off the air, I don't care if it would have been thirty-four to nothing. It was still good to have football out there. It was nice to see a former LSU player uh, around these parts and, and Clyde Edwards and Lair playing well. And, um, man, I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. He got all, I can't really feel too bad because he just got all that money. But in terms of the play on the field, I do feel a little bad when you lose your best weapon in uh, DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Clyde everett is one of my absolute favorite players. Uh, I loved watching him at LSU. I really wanted the Bucs to get him, but there was, uh, you know, there was no chance of that with the Chiefs nabbing him in the first round. But what an addition to that offense.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just like they, they, as if they needed to get any better, on offense. Uh let, let's let's start at the running back position now that you've mentioned it. And we'll transition there to the, the Bucks. How, how have you liked what they've done to their running back room this year? They they uh, go out there and draft a, a former raging Cajun and and Raymond Kale, but then you know they just got so crowded with the Sean McCoy and and um, you know bringing in Leonard Fournette, another former LSU Tiger, them himself, that they they had to cut Kale loose, and you know ends up signing right away with uh, with the Los Angeles Rams. So good for him, glad he's made an active roster. But what do you like about the things that they've done there in uh, the running back room? And is this Ronald Jones's job to lose, or are we going to eventually see Leonard Fournette kind of creep up that depth chart and take that job?
1: Right now, it's definitely Ronald Jones' job to lose. I love the addition of Leonard Fournette as well as the addition of LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn brings that veteran presence, one of the best running backs we've seen in the NFL in the last 10 years. Uh, he, he, he adds a lot to the passing game as far as that third down running back role. But with Leonard Fournette, I mean, he's been the offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's not going to be relied on as heavily in Tampa as he was in Jacksonville. He can stay a little bit fresher, maybe get over some of those health problems that he's had in the past. He's had a lot of injuries. So since he doesn't have to be the guy And you can use him as that that short yardage guy, that muscle, that bruiser. And then you have Ronald Jones, who's so quick, so elusive, so fast. It's two very, very different elements in the running game. So I think they're going to complement each other beautifully. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of Leonard Fournette against the Saints on Sunday just because he joined the team really on Tuesday was their first practice. So he's had to... Speed through learning the offense, learning the playbook. He spent some time with Tom Brady on one of their off days doing a crash course on that offense. But as the season progresses, I think there's a real possibility you could see Leonard Fournette really kind of steal this job away from Ronald Jones.
0: What about the offensive line now? That's something that's when I've been talking about this matchup and we've talked about the Bucs, people always want to bring up how bad the offensive line was for the Bucs last year. They tried to address that via the draft this past year and Tristan Wirfs with their first overall, uh, first pick in the draft at right tackle. He's going to start for you guys. What about the rest of the offensive line there. I, I did, a, I'm, I'm in the works of doing a little piece and I'm going to put this in, in this, this interview in that piece about scouting the Bucks and kind of doing a behind enemy lines thing. And I talked about Worfs and I talked about Ryan Jensen the center as well. But talk to me about this, this unit as a whole. Is it as bad as people really make it out to be? Or do you think they're going to be okay in terms of protecting Tom Brady?
1: No, they're really not as bad as people want to make them out to be. A lot, a lot of the sacks that we saw last year were a result of Jameis Winston holding onto the ball just too long, looking for that big home run shot, getting himself in a little bit of trouble. Donovan Smith, you know, he gets a, a lot of hate amongst Buccaneers fans not the best left tackle in the league i'm not going to tell you that he is but he's middle of the road he's he's an average left tackle but this unit as a whole is actually a lot better than people give give them credit for and ali marpet is probably one of the most criminally underrated offensive linemen in the nfl the guy is an absolute stud he has played both guard positions and center in his short nfl career so i think they're going to be able to do you know a a really really good job protecting tom brady especially with brady's propensity to get the ball out of his hands so quickly he he has that knack he has that feel for the game where he knows where the pressure's coming he has his emergency outlet guys and he gets the ball out of his hands so i think a, a lot more is being made of it than probably should be. I would put them probably in like the 12 to 14 range as far as ranking offensive lines uh, throughout the NFL. And Tristan Wurst can come in and he can boost that offensive line. There were some problems with DeMar Dotson. I, I love the guy, an absolute trooper. He was with the Buccaneers through so many terrible seasons. But those knees were just shot. By uh, by last year, and he just he couldn't get it going. So a lot of the problems stemmed from that. But this offensive line is a it's a really solid group, and they they've added some depth now with the additions of Aq Shipley and Joe Hag.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that's good for you guys in terms of uh, the offensive line. And again, uh, James yarko our guest, uh, deputy editor of uh, Bucks Nation, and of course co-host of the Locked On Bucks podcast and you mentioned James Winston last year and holding on to the ball too long and trying to go for that home run. That seems to be part of Bruce Arians' offense. And I think some of the other questions coming into this season were, okay, where where are they going to give? Is it going to be Tom Brady kind of trying to adapt to what Bruce Arians wants to do on a fundamental level or is it going to be the other way around where Bruce Arians says, "Okay, let me cater to my 43-year-old Hall of Fame quarterback" in uh in Tom Brady what side do you think it's going to be on are they still going to look for those home run threats or is the offense going to change now that that Tom Brady's under center and maybe Mike Evans doesn't become as big of a threat and maybe it's more Chris Godwin over the middle or maybe even guys like Scott Miller and some of these other younger wide receivers that they have
1: yeah it's definitely going to be a a collaborative effort between the two you know, Bruce Throughout his whole career, has always tried to build that home run pass into every play that he calls, and I think this is going to be more of a situation of letting Tom pick his spots to to take those chances down the field. Whereas, you know they have so many weapons. You listed them off, and there's been a a lot of chemistry between Tom Brady and Scotty Miller through the off season, you know, through this uh, abbreviated training camp and, and practices, you know, those two really, really clicked. So I think Scottie Miller's definitely going to be a, a home run threat this year. But it, it's going to be about methodically moving the ball down the field, letting Brady do what he does. There's nothing that this guy hasn't seen. There's nothing that he hasn't been through. He knows how to get the ball to the end zone and win football games. So I, we might see a a little bit of a downtick in the downfield shots to Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin and Scotty Miller, but you still have those tight ends in Gronk and OJ Howard that can slip up the seam and, and be deep threats as well. So, That'll definitely still be part of the game, but I don't think it's going to be as big of a part of the game as it was with Jameis Winston.
0: All right, talk to me about where uh, Mike Evans is because there are some question marks about uh, injury-wise where he sits as of right now. Where, 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 are we, where do we stand here on a Friday in terms of where Mike Evans is in terms of whether or not he's going to play on Sunday?
1: Evans did participate in some drills at practice today. However, he's officially listed as doubtful, um, so it doesn't look like Mike Evans is going to be a go. If he is, I would expect a limited workload and you know some some shuffling around of, of Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, Justin Watson is still a viable option there, a wide receiver. We could see rookie Tyler Johnson suit up. Uh, Bruce Arians just absolutely loved that kid coming out of Minnesota. One of the Big Ten's best receivers in 2019. So he may get an opportunity, but he missed a lot of time in camp due to injury. So I'm not sure if he's quite up to speed yet. It'll be interesting to see how they play that. But now you're looking at the Chris Godwin show, the O.J. Howard show, the Rob Gronkowski show, as far as the, the passing options, for uh for brady on sunday
0: so yes okay so you mentioned scotty miller and i'm a big fantasy guy i don't know if you play fantasy football as well as much as oh, i yeah. do uh but um but but would you be looking at scotty miller now that uh that, that mike evans is is doubtful that he might have a a bit of a, a good role a good chunk in this offense moving forward as what we're all, all expecting this to be kind of a track meet and two high-flying offenses kind of going back and forth
1: I would definitely look to fire him up as a bargain buy on maybe one of those DFS you know sites, you know, or DraftKings or a FanDuel kind of person. You want to max out a quarterback, or or get the Michael Thomas, who's always an expensive uh, wide receiver in in those DFS games, or Christian McCaffrey, and then you know you could you could slide Scotty Miller there as a really really cheap receiver option for your budget because he will get some targets, he will get some opportunity. And I'll I'll be real interested to see how he gets utilized because he was really, really good last year until he went down with an injury. But man, that kid is so fast. Just absolutely lightning fast. And Tom Brady's gonna utilize that to try to uh take the top off the defense.
0: No doubt about it. Uh again, uh, James uh, Yarko, our guest here at Bucks Nation and Lockdown Bucks Podcast. Uh let's talk, let's go to the defense quickly before I gotta let you go. Uh, what, what should we be looking out for on this defense? Um, I, I, you know, spent some time looking at Vita Vea as one of their better young players playing next to Indomik and Sue. Obviously, they have P.H. and Pierre Paul there, uh, Levante David, one of their sage veterans at linebacker. Love him next to uh, Devin White, who was their their pick last year, first round pick last year. So, talk to me about first the, the first two levels of this defense, the line and in uh, and the linebacker spot.
1: Yeah, this line really came together. Vita Vea took a massive jump in 2019 to be one of the more disruptive players on this defense. Then, yeah, you, you mentioned Jason Pierre-Paul. The Bucs have the reigning sack leader in Shaquille Barrett on the other side with Jason Pierre-Paul. And, and if you remember last year, the two of them didn't get on the field together until week eight, week nine. I believe it was because Jason Pierre-Paul was held out with that broken neck that he suffered in a car accident. So these two didn't even get a full season together, and Shaq puts up 19 and a half sacks. I, believe Jason P- I know Jason Pierre-Paul was in double digits. I think he was closing in on 13 sacks last year, just an absolutely ridiculous season. Uh, so having a full season of the two of them is really going to help. And on the Locked on Bucks podcast, my co-host David Harrison and I We had Carmen Vitale, one of the writers for Buccaneers.com on, and she started talking about how last year's defense under Todd Bowles was vanilla compared to what she has seen so far this year. If you can imagine that with all of the exotic blitz schemes, where they're bringing pressure from, he's even stepped it up another notch this year getting Devin White and Levante David involved in that so we could see Some blitzes coming from those guys. We could see Devin White and Levante David starting to rack up some sacks. So this defense, even though you look at the end-of-year rankings and they were down towards the bottom, a lot of that had to do with a really, really poor start by the secondary second half of the season this was a top five scoring defense they can bring the pressure they can create chaos and they can be a headache for opposing offensive lines
0: okay what about uh the secondary because when i look at the secondary i don't know a whole lot of those names there's not a lot of household names obviously other than antoine winfield jr whose daddy played in the league for a very long time for buffalo and minnesota and coming out of the University of Minnesota as a Golden Gopher he looks to, to, to be slotting in there at that starting strong safety spot what about this secondary tell me a little bit about it because I think that was if I'm not mistaken probably one of the weakest link for you guys last year
1: yeah yeah and that's where that slow start came from and, and you're right not a whole lot of household names these are second and third year guys Carlton Davis Jamel Dean Sean Murphy Bunting but as a unit down the stretch last year when the defense was playing at such a high level these guys were consistently in the top three of the most pass breakups week to week now it wasn't all three of them in the top three they kind of took their turns Jamel Dean would have the most pass breakups and then the next week it was Carlton Davis and the next week it was Jamel Dean again these guys really clicked and it's i i think a big part of it is because they are so young they essentially came into the league together jamel dean sean murphy Bunting, both rookies last year as carlton davis was playing in his second year and these guys finally just clicked they understood the defense they understood each other they developed that trust in one another and you saw a massive jump in their plays. so the the big offseason message to those guys is let's turn these pass breakups into turnovers. That's their big focus now. They want to come down with the ball. It's not enough to slot it out of receiver's hands. You have to come down with the football and give the ball back to our offense. As for the safeties, Jordan Whitehead had a phenomenal year last year, very under the radar, and Antoine Winfield Jr earned that starting spot. It wasn't handed to him. He went out there, he earned that job, and he's going to be just an absolute wild card. Bruce Arians compared him to a hybrid between Tyron Matthew and Buda Baker. That's how he looks at Antoine Winfield Jr. So he's not just going to be back in coverage. They're going to incorporate him in blitz schemes that he's going to be all over the field. Really excited to see his debut, especially against a high-powered offense like the New Orleans Saints, just to really test him early See where his game is and see what kind of plays he can create.
0: Man, it should be a fun one on Sunday at about 4 25 uh, your time, three twenty-five. our time. uh You can find him up on Twitter, James Yarko at JYarko underscore Bucks. Again, deputy editor for Bucks Nation, co host of the Locked on Bucks podcast. My friend, thanks so much. It's been great visiting with you. Thanks so much for going behind here, letting us go behind enemy lines here as Hudat uh, Nation. And uh, we're all excited for that matchup on Sunday. Oh, uh, it was an absolute pleasure. Happy to do it. Thank you so much. All right, man. We'll, uh, I'm, we play twice a year, so I'm sure we'll be talking again.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> right at the, uh, the halfway point of the season. We get to do it all again.
0: No doubt, man. We'll be in touch, all right?